You are listening to a sermon from Emmaus Church LCMS. For more information, please go to www.emmauspasco.org. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have you ever noticed that one of the biggest walls between a person and Jesus can be the other people around him? The crowds of people who come to Jesus seeking his teaching, his healing, his grace, often present the most formidable barriers for others. Sometimes the wall is physical, built out of the bodies of those who come to him in faith. Think of the mass of people crowded in the room which forced some desperate men to vandalize the roof of a house so they can lower their, dis- their disabled friend right down in front of Jesus. Sometimes the wall is social, built out of nationalistic prejudices and political tension, as, as when the Roman centurion approached Jesus but would not dare let Jesus socially disgrace himself before his fellow Jews by coming into a Roman Gentile's house. Sometimes the wall is religious, built of the laws of God to divide the righteous from the sinners. In our gospel reading today, we see another crowd that forms a wall around Jesus. This wall was not only physical, but religious and social as well. For standing outside the wall looking in was a very sick woman. She had a hemorrhage, a constant menstrual bleeding that went on unceasing for 12 miserable years, causing not just physical misery, but religious and social misery as well. For according to the law of Moses, women were ritually unclean during this time of their periods, excluded from their already limited place in the worship life of Israel. But for this woman, whose bleeding endured outside the natural cycles, Her entire life was unclean. Everything she touched would become unclean as well. The beds on which she slept, the chairs on which she sat, and it was her responsibility to keep away from everyone so that she didn't pass on her ritual uncleanliness. With her condition, being faithful to the law of God meant excluding herself from the community. Just as her condition led to religious misery, so the religious grew into social misery. Not only would her husband, if she had one, also be ritually unclean with her, they would both together suffer the social stigma of childlessness. Her disease would have kept her from childbearing, which was seen as the single most important mark of God's blessing or curse in that culture. And if that were not all enough, add to it poverty. For any money she had was wasted on doctors whose treatment, Mark tells us, only made her condition worse. She was poor, sick, and religiously unclean, an outcast on every level. Just imagine how her heart must have dropped when she saw the wall surrounding Jesus. 
There, walking alongside the man who was her only hope, was the head of the synagogue, the most well-known and respected person in their town. They were surrounded by a dense crowd of people, many of them among the affluent and important, and she wasn't allowed to be near any of them. She probably had not spoken to any of them in years either, but she had heard that Jesus, she had, she had heard about Jesus. She had heard how he healed a crippled man and even cured a leper. And she knew that he was her only hope. And she was desperate. She knew how many people she'd make unclean if she forced her way into that crowd. She knew that she might even make Jesus himself unclean. But maybe, she thought, maybe if I get in and out unnoticed, just touch the edge of his cloak, maybe that would be enough. So she veils her face to avoid recognition, presses herself into the crowd, and squeezes through a gap in the wall and grabs Jesus' cloak. And she felt it instantly. She knew the bleeding had stopped, and she felt whole again. Joy and relief swept over her, a joy that she had not known for 12 years. And as she was sneaking out, almost home free, her joy turned to terror. Who touched me? She heard him say. She heard a murmur and rustling in the crowd, and she attempted to get away, but the wall closed in behind her, exposing her to Jesus as the guilty one who touched his cloak. And in abject terror, she threw herself to the ground at his feet and told him everything. We dare not judge the crowd, for we too build walls around Jesus. We, the church, are the people who have come to him in faith, seeking his word and healing. We gather as sinners to hear his forgiveness. We bring our children to his baptism and teach them his word. But do we see the walls we build around Jesus? Perhaps we don't bring the ancient prejudices between Jews and Gentiles, nor do we enforce the Old Testament purity laws. But make no mistake, when we mean it, whether we mean to or not, we do bring our own stones to build these walls. What type of stones are they? What rules, do we, what rules and laws do we bring when we come to Jesus? Religious traditions, political prejudices, nationalistic pride. To see this, we only ask ourselves a few tough, soul-searching questions. Who would make you uncomfortable if they were here today? Is there a particular person you couldn't stand to see forgiven by God who has hurt you too much? Or perhaps a certain type of person, someone drastically poorer than you, whose dress and appearance made that unmistakable? Or perhaps someone vastly wealthier, whose appearance made that unmistakable? Would it make you uncomfortable to break bread around this altar with someone who gets their daily bread through food stamps? Would you be bothered worshiping next to a pregnant teenager? Or someone wearing a t-shirt promoting a politician you don't like? What about someone who has a questionable immigration status? or has lost custody of their children to Child Protective Services. If we ask ourselves honestly about who would make us uncomfortable 
to see in church, we begin to see the hidden walls we bring to Jesus. We begin to see the social and religious stones, whether we mean to or not, whether we see them or not, we do bring with us when we gather around Jesus. And, we'd, and then we'd see the walls that we build between him and the world. For that is the very nature of sin. Because it divides us from God, it divides us also from our neighbors. Precisely because we are sinners, we need to be near the one whose forgiveness can overcome our sin. And that means that sin is work, even here. Jesus gathers a rather motley crew, and we don't stop being motley the minute we touch his robes. Our sinful hearts bring rivalries, hatreds, judgments, and bitterness, even to this altar. Sin is always working hard to build a wall between people and Jesus. But Jesus is the Savior who walks through walls. He can do this because he inhabits a radically different order of things called the kingdom of God. And this kingdom is not confined to human walls, not even those built by the laws of Moses. This woman, who so impertinently broke all rules of decency and good order, who has been an outcast to so many, whose presence was a threat and a burden, she is the first and only person that Jesus calls daughter. Daughter. She is a part of Jesus' family. She is a part of his kingdom. The barriers that formerly defined her are no more. She is now defined by her place in the kingdom of God. Her simple trust in Christ ushered her into the kingdom that knows no uncleanliness, knows no disease, and no walls. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be healed of your disease. Go in peace. You are excluded no more. Be healed of your disease. You are clean. You are on the inside again. Jesus completely ignores the fact that her touch has made him unclean. He ignores her attempted deception. He ignores the fact that her interruption has delayed him in his commitment to helping the synagogue leader. He ignores all this because he sees what is truly important. He sees her faith. For the kingdom of God does not come through ritual purity, social standing, or wealth. This kingdom comes through faith and through faith alone. And through faith it comes to all. For Jesus is still the Savior who walks through walls. He walks through the walls of sin, prejudice, religious piety, and social standing. He is well aware of what happens when he surrounds himself with sinful human beings. He knew what he was getting himself into when he took on human flesh and became man. He knows, what sin, he knows that sin is always at work, even among those who serve him. Jesus knows better than us the power of sin, for he knows where it leads and what it does. 
and what it costs. So he knew that it was not simply enough to walk through our walls. He had to destroy them. That's why he let us build them and why he went to the cross. To pull down upon himself the crushing weight of our sin, our hatred, of our prejudice, and let it bury him in the earth. The cross of Christ is our final human attempt to build a wall between us and God. It is sin's last-ditch effort to keep away the kingdom that threatens its very existence. But Jesus is the Savior that walks through walls. Just as his kingdom is not bound by the barriers of sin and death, not even death in a tomb. On Easter morning, the kingdom of God once again walked through the walls of this world. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, proclaiming the kingdom of God and his victory over sin and death. He had toppled down the last barrier between sinners and God, He lives today as Lord of all, calling people from every race, tribe, language, and tongue into his kingdom, into his family. No human sin, no human boundaries, not even death itself, can limit the lordship of Jesus. He is at work even here, even in the midst of this group of sinners. Maybe you are here today as someone who has been hurt by the church, who has felt the walls built by the church around Jesus and his kingdom. Then let me invite you today to look past us. We know our lives fall short of the life into which our Savior has called us. We know that we have fallen short in thought, word, and deed. We're not here because we've bested our sins. We're here because we know we can't. But we invite you today to reach past us to the one around whom we've gathered, the one who is not limited by our walls. Despite our sin and our failures and our baggage and the walls we bring with us, he is here for you today to call you his daughter and son, to trust him, knowing that he alone is our salvation. He alone, by his sheer grace, brings the kingdom, both the ends, brings his kingdom to both the ins and the outs, the powerful and the powerless, the rich and the poor, calling us all daughters and sons. For Jesus Christ is Savior who walks through walls, and he has come to bring the kingdom of God to everyone including you. Amen. This has been a message from Emmaus Church LCMS. We thank you for listening and invite you to find out more by visiting our website at www.emmauspasco.org. That's www.emmauspasco.org. P-A-S-C-O dot org.